You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. trusting the Holy Spirit to help us today, amen, because uh, I sense that God wants to do something for you and I. I need that work done in me, and I pray that work will be done in you. From the uh, last month uh, when our dad came, he made a declaration, an announcement here that he was confident now that there will be a revival. How many of us heard him? The word spoken under the anointing will surely come to fulfillment. So, the revival will come. And somebody says what? Amen. And after that, the Lord began to speak to us that we're involved in a war. Okay? So this revival, we're not going to stroll into it. We're going to contend. The Bible says, contend earnestly for the faith. Praise the Lord. So there's a contention that is going on. And there's a contention you and I must wake up to. There is a war going on. However, we want to look at it. You might think you're at peace. Nobody's at peace. These people in this war are not taking prisoners. It's life or death. Praise the Lord. And we also learned that this war is not going to be fought with carnal weapons. It's not a war that I'm going to pick up a knife or pick up a gun and fight with. It's spiritual warfare. Praise the Lord. And that we, we also learned that one of the key or the major weapon that we're going to fight this war with the Bible, when we're told in Ephesians 6 about our, our armor, the first armor we are told is what? The belt of truth. And we saw that in, the, in those days, the, the soldier, when he equipped himself, the belt was too significant. He held many things. It held his clothing. He held his uh, breastplate. And it also, that's where he fastened his, uh, uh, his sword. So the armor that we are to wear Truth is so foundational. If you take away truth, nothing else can stand. Sorry, we fight this war with the weapon of what? Truth. Praise the Lord. And then, you know, the queens brought to us the message, the flame of fire. And what I sense the Lord was saying is that the composition of the warriors, of the fighters in this war, is going to be flames of fire. Praise the Lord. So we won't come there just flesh. We won't come there wood. We're going to be consumed. Like we learned on Wednesday, the beautiful thing about fire is that fire doesn't eat fire. When fire meets fire, they just join together and they keep burning. Praise the Lord. So the composition that we are to be composed of, he said to us, he, may, he that maketh his ministers what? He makes his angel spirits and he makes his ministers what? Flame of fire. Okay, so that is what we are being made into. And I pray that the Lord will succeed in me and succeed in you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So on Wednesday, I'm trying to lay a foundation to where we're going. So on Wednesday, we learned quite a few things. How many of us were in church on Wednesday? Or rather, how many of us were not in, didn't listen? Not, I mean, if you went in church, but you joined online, it's okay. But you didn't listen to the message on Wednesday. Let me just see your hand. Okay. God bless honest people. So many people who didn't listen. And we're not there, didn't raise their hands. The Lord will deliver you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, church is a continuum. You cannot do Sunday, Sunday in these times that we're in. 
you have no excuse. In our days, if you miss service, you had to go and buy the cassette and then take time to play it. But now, wherever you are, you can join online. If you miss it online, by 9 p.m., you can play it on your phone. You can play by 12 midnight. You can play the next day. You can play it on Friday. You can play it on Saturday. What excuse do you give to yourself that you belong to a church and God sends the word? How many of us believe that it's God that sends the word we hear here? Okay? You believe it's our God? So who in Nigeria do you think you are? That God will be sending you word Sunday and Friday to the church that you claim you belong to and you discard the one on Wednesday. Help me ask your neighbor. Who in Nigeria do you think you are? That God, the church you belong to, not another place. The church you say is your church. If they ask you where is your church, say this is my church. And then that church meets Sunday and Wednesday. And God sends his word Sunday and Wednesday. And then you take only Sunday and leave Wednesday. So God is wasting his time. Tell somebody I'm going to be wise. Praise the Lord. Because if you do that, we save a lot of time. So we don't have to come here and have to go back and go back and go back. Because if it's not, a lot of people are going to be lost in what we are talking about. Anyway, so on Wednesday, we learned a few things about fire. And one of the things we learned about fire is that fire, unlike every other form of matter, will cease to exist if it isn't continually fed. So if you keep water, water will remain. If you keep wood, wood will remain. If you keep solid, it will remain. If you keep liquid, it will remain. If you keep any other thing. But when you keep fire, it will burn until what it's burning on remains. Praise the Lord. So fire must be continually fed. So that is also confirming why you must come on Wednesday. In fact, when you get it right, you cannot do one day without the word of God. Praise the Lord, somebody. The same way if you don't eat in a day, you say you're fasting. Am I right? So it's taking for granted that you have to eat. And then in that day, they call three meals. There's breakfast, there's what? Lunch, and there's dinner. Okay? And you, some of us do that religiously. I don't know if anybody in Nigeria still eats three times a day. But however it is, it's a big deal if you're not. There's a name for it. It's called fasting. Now, what is the name where you're not eating the word of God? And our Lord Jesus Christ says, man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what, what are you thinking? I wish I could just, you know, probe into your brain and find out your analogies and your technicalities. The secret you have that will make you eat every day the one that they said you should not live by. And forsake the one that you're to live by. And then you come on Sunday for 30 minutes one hour, one and a half hours, you think that is enough. If you understand what is going on, you will know that that is not enough. And God will give us grace in Jesus' name. So fire, we learn, will cease to exist if it isn't continually fed. And you are supposed to be fire. Praise the Lord. The second thing is that fire, just um, in following that, is that all fires eventually will burn out if it's not fed. That's what we're saying. And as I heard that, I was led to mention to some person here who is listening to me, who is in church, your marriage, the love that you started your marriage with cannot sustain it for the rest of your years. That marriage has to be fed for it to remain a marriage. Is somebody hearing me? Praise the Lord. So you fell in love and the fire was burning. 
you must continue to feed that fire. Amen. The last one, you know, which I want to touch on before we move into, is that all fires are not equal. Let me say all fires are not equal. Now, which one would you rather play with? Candle fire, wood fire, or gas fire? If you had a choice, which one that they should play around you with? Candle, Abby, but it's still fire. You will not be candle fire in Jesus' name. Fires have categories. Fires have grades. We are flames of fire. Momichi was teaching us about the spirit that is within and the spirit upon. I mean, but I think it's more when you have the spirit and when the spirit has you. Okay, it's another level. So you can be born again and all you are is candle fire. Your fire, but it's the type of fire that, you know, when we were younger, we used to use our hand and quench candle fire. Abby, that's how the devil is quenching some people. You just come, you make noise in the office, they just close you like this. Your fire is gone. Wood fire, they can also quench. If you take the wood and hit it, hit it on the ground, what will happen? It will go off. But gas fire, that's the one our mothers warned us about. Praise the Lord. Fire has grades. And what determines the quality or the grade of each fire? It is determined by the fuel that it is burning. So you and I are flames of what? Fire. So what we want to begin to consider today is what fuel am I burning? Praise the Lord, somebody. Now, the average person burns on the fuel of self-interest. So we call it being rational. When you're rational, you will do things because you want them to be done. Am I right? Okay, so if somebody annoys you, you get angry. You need something, you go for it. Okay, they block your way, you fight for it. You have too much, you store it, and then when you can't store it again, you give it out. It's the level of rationality. How are the disciples realized in John 2, 13 to 17, after he had driven out those who are selling and, you know, traders in the temple. Okay, after he had driven them out, the disciples realized and made a statement. They said, this is what it was when they realized. They said, for it is written, zeal for your house has what? Has eaten me up. So our Lord Jesus Christ was burning on what? On the fire of zeal for God's house. Now, today, you and I are burning. The issue is on what are we burning? Praise the Lord. And unfortunately, and incidentally, if you look at the average Christian today, the average Christian is not burning on the stead of zeal for God's house. We are burning for different things. For those of us who are the throne room, I say that is why when you hear Christianity being promoted, it is promoted with problems. And what you hear is, come for marriage anointing. Come for children anointing. Come for fruit of the womb anointing. Your enemies fall and die anointing. Come for visa anointing. Come for contract anointing. Come for double promotion anointing. Now, in all of those things, did you hear anything about the house of God? That is the fire that is burning. And people, multitudes gather. And that is the center of the discussion. How you can be touched. Praise the Lord. Why? Because the desires of those people are being propelled from themselves. Their energy is for themselves. It's coming from something. So if you want to tell me Christianity, tell me how to solve my problem. 
that is a level and it is not too far, but it is a, it's an unfortunate situation. Why? Because it is fire. And there is an illustration in the Old Testament, which I must point out to us. In Leviticus 10, verse 1 and 2, an incident took place, which I never really understood until this morning. It tells us about two people. These men or these young men were priests. They were in the lineage of Aaron. They had the priesthood assigned to their family by inheritance. Something happened there, and I read. It says, then Nahab, Nadab, sorry, and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and put incense on it. And what did they do? They offered, King James Version says, strange fire, and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. What happened in verse 2? And there went out fire from the Lord and did what? And devoured them and they died where? Now in the Old Testament, dying was a judgment. It said God is not pleased with you when you die. All right. When you live long, God is pleased with you. When you live long in the Old Testament and your kingdom lasts and you have a lot of money and children, God has blessed you. Okay. But in our own time, dying, Jesus died. Stephen died. Praise the Lord. Am I right? All these people died, but they were, God was pleased with them. Are you with me? So when you see death in the Old Testament, what it talks about for us in the New Testament is a state of decay. It does not mean you have fallen dead. That explains why there, is, there are so many Christians, but the world around us is not being salted. Because the salt has what? Lost its savor. Why? Because we meet, we pray, we do a lot of things, but the fire we have brought has caused death. That is another reason why you meet Christians and you can't tell them from the unbelievers. They don't have that joy that the Bible says is the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom is what? Righteousness, peace and what? And joy in the Holy Ghost. So you don't just look around you and see Christians walking in full joy. You know why? How can I walk in full joy when my rent is due? How can I walk in full joy when my need school fees? How can I walk in full joy when I don't have electricity? How can I walk in full joy when my visa has not been approved how can i walk in full joy when i haven't gotten double promotion that is why they are not having full joy but this morning somebody is going to learn that the reason we are in this is for christ's sake let me say for christ's sake when you understand it i tell you it will change everything it will put the pieces of the puzzle together somebody say amen you know, I bless God for the choir and the song they sang today. I don't know what they sing until I come here. But their song is so apt. Second Corinthians chapter 5, please open it to, for me from verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what is he? He's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Do you believe that scripture? If I'm in Christ, all things have what? And all things have how many things have become new? All. Praise the Lord. Now 18 says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. 19 says, That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. 20. Now then, we are what? Ambassadors for Christ, as though what? God, we are pleading through us. We employ on Christ's behalf, be reconciled. 
For he made him who knew no sin to be what? To be sin for us. That what might happen? That you and I might become what? The righteousness of God in him. Now what this passage is telling you and I, for those of us who are believers, is that a major change has taken place. God, when he sent his son on Jesus into the world, redeemed for himself a new people, a different kind of people. And in the lives of these people, he abolished what was old and put in a new thing. Are you with me? So what he, he did is this. In verse 18, he says, All things had become were of God, and all these things that are of God are now for us. 19 says that God was in Christ. So what happens is this, when you become born again, God takes you out of his normal creation and puts you into what? Into Christ. So I get born again the day I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God coming to this world to die for my sins. Then I am baptized by the spirit. I am united with Christ. Once that happens, child of God, the Bible says, I become an ambassador for Christ. Now, where the people who do visa and all of that anointing get it right, is that the ambassador does not pay his bills. The ambassador does not fuel his car. The ambassador does not rent his house. Neither his residence nor his official accommodation. Who does that for him? The country that sends him. However, you cannot see the ambassador arguing on the street saying, I must get my breakthrough. The only thing the ambassador is occupied with is to advance the kingdom of his home country. The day the ambassador is found having an issue, in fact, it is so expected that the ambassador has immunity in the country. So even when he commits a personal crime, it is taken that this must be an accident. It's overlooked. Why? Because that man is no longer standing in his name. He's standing in the name of his home country. When you became a Christian, you cease to represent yourself. You became a representative of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now, to the extent you catch that revelation, your joy will rise. Your peace will rise. Your righteousness will rise. You know why that is so important? Because if you read the New Testament... You will find that there is this little thing there. They said to Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. There's a little thing there. That the blessings of God, Ephesians 1, 3. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What has he done? He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. In Christ, every time you read those things, you will see that they're telling you that this blessing is in Christ is in a person. And that word in Christ means united to Christ. Okay? So, anytime you see that word in Christ, what they're saying is this person has been taken out of the normal world and put into this new covenant, into this new thing that God has. And once you're in Christ, what happens? The psalmist said, the Lord is my word, shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because I know where to find it. No. He said, he leads me. Praise the Lord. He guides me. His rod and staff that comfort me. He maketh me. He keepeth me. We see that in Christ, there is an acknowledgement of lordship. There is a surrender to him. So, the believer is blessed beyond measure. But that blessing is not on my lane. It's as long as I remain on the lane of who? Of Christ. Praise the Lord. 
Let me show you another one. Philippians 1.29, please. So really, what I, I theme today's message is for Christ's sake. Philippians 1.29, let's read it. It said, for to me and to you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to do what? To believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Can you give me that in NLT and ERV, please? For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of what? You know why? You see, in is an interesting word. With, when you say with, okay, let me use an illustration. Some of us may be familiar. When you were a younger man and you had a car, you give a young lady a ride and then you're posing. If the car breaks down, you know the young lady doesn't wait for a mechanic with you. She was with you. But when the car breaks down, she moves on, right? You're not like that with Christ. In Christ, you are in him. So as you go, whatever concerns Christ, you cannot decide to say, at this point I'm going, I will join you later. Is someone with me? That's why the Bible says here, we have not been given just the privilege of trusting in Christ. That's when people say, not my portion. You should say, not Christ's portion. Because his portion is your portion. He's my portion, I'm his prize. Isn't that what the singers wrote? So it's the privilege, but inside of him, it can turn either way. We're going to get it as we go. Now give me the easy to read version. So he said, God has blessed you in ways that serve Christ. He allowed you to believe in Christ, but that is not all. He has also what? Giving you the honor. If you read further down there, you see where the Bible makes it clear. It says, for if we suffer with him, we will also do what? Reign with him. You know why? That is the only mathematics that works in heaven. The only people that will reign in heaven are those who suffered with Christ. It's as simple as that. You know why? Because Christ has become to us a first fruit. And the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who was, though being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. Found in appearance as a man, he what? He humbled himself, made himself of no reputation, became obedient to the point of death. That is first fruit. First fruit means you're going to travel his path. And then he died the death of what? The cross. And what happened thereafter? God has what? Highly. So the believer must be raised. But if you're not down, you can't be raised. So if you run your Christian race, always dodging anywhere that Christ puts discomfort, you may likely also dodge the raising. But that will not be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. I want us to see that, that it is for Christ's sake. So whether it is the privilege of believing in him, claiming his promises, which is good, it's for Christ's sake. And also the suffering for Christ's sake. It settles it. It's conclusion. Just tell me Christ has an interest in this and I, I surrender. Praise the Lord, somebody. Second Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul here is speaking and he's saying, if you go home, you can read from verse 1. From verse 1, he told about the revelations he had. He had God had taken him to heaven and he saw and heard things which he said to us that were not even lawful to, for man to begin to express. I mean, those were the kind of privileges he had. And from verse 7, he said, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Verse 8. He said, Concerning this thing, that is this infirmity, this problem, this challenge, I pleaded with the Lord how many times? Three times that he might depart from me. Nine. And the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in what? In weakness. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. Anybody having a challenge here, 
Jesus is saying to you, my strength is made perfect in your world. In your weakness. In that thing that men will mock you for. Jesus will rejoice with you over. Praise the Lord. He said, therefore, most gladly. He now understood it. He said, therefore, most gladly. I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Ten. Therefore, now he says, I take pleasure in what? In infirmities. In reproaches. In needs. In persecutions. In distresses. Why? For what? For what? For what? Now, do you know we don't have this mindset? Because if you know anybody that has infirmities, reproaches, and needs, persecutions, and distress, he doesn't have anointing. God is not pleased with him. There's an issue with his life. So when people come out to boast, this is Paul saying, this is where I'm boasting. When people come out to boast, they tell you that they don't have any issues. There's no problem at all. Everything is working well. Paul says, this is where I'm boasting. Now, can we look at it from the Living Bible, please? 9 and 10. Each time he said to me, but I am with you. Hallelujah. But I'm what? And what's the next line? He says, that's all you need. The Christian needs what? He needs God with him. Instead of Joseph, he was in prison. God didn't take him out of prison. But God was with him in prison. He was a houseboy. They didn't send to him or God overtaking anointing. God just went down and became a houseboy with him. Praise the Lord. He says, I'm with you, that's all you need. My power does what shows up best in weak people. Now, I am glad to boast about how weak I am. I'm glad to be what? A living demonstration of Christ's power. Hold it. So, Paul here is saying, I'm glad to boast and I become a living demonstration of God's power. By what? Because when I'm walking, my feet are not touching the ground. How? How? How is he a living demonstration of Christ's power? By raising the dead. Is that what he said there? By taking his weakness, responding to Christ appropriately, and allowing Christ to what? To live it through him. So it says, instead of showing off my own power and ability. So let's go to 10 now. So 10 says, since I know it is all for Christ's good. Now what it means then, stars and mass, is that your testimony. Now we thank God that God will make us billionaires. God will give us triplets. God will make us marry... Um, People don't want to marry. They want to marry seven-footer, 16-pack, driving BMW and Range Rover. And, you know, all of that could happen. But you see, what he's saying here is this. What is for Christ's good is not just that. That could be a part of it, depending on the assignment. Is somebody getting me? He says, since I know it's all for Christ's good, I'm quite happy about the thorn and about insults. And about what? hardships and about what persecutions and about what difficulties why he said for when i am weak what then i'm strong the less i have the more i do what i depend why because when i became a christian it became all about him so my full gauge of prosperity is red christ how much christ am i carrying my full gauge of fulfillment is not my earthly accomplishments it is how much christ am i carrying I pray that we'll get to the time in the church when we'll measure people by their courage of Christ. Praise the Lord, somebody. Because you see, when we said we're in a war, the enemy we are fighting is strategic. The enemy we are fighting is old. The Bible didn't call the devil foolish. He's called a liar. He's called a thief. He's called a murderer. He's called a deceiver. He's called all of that, but he's not foolish. In fact, he's compared to the serpent. He has wiles. He has schemes. Okay? One more before we move on. First Corinthians 4 verse 10. 
This is Paul speaking now. Paul is the foremost apostle. He says, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. He said, we are weak, but you are strong. He said, you are distinguished, you are notable, but we are dishonored. Nobody knows me. I don't make the headlines. I'm not trending. He said, to the present hour, who is stuck in here? Was he born again? Was he with the anointing? Was God with him? He said, to the present hour, what is happening? He said, his hunger, thirst is with him. Hallelujah. He said, we are what? He's not wearing suit like this one. <laughs> and beaten and what? And homeless. And this is a man that goes to heaven and has fellowship with heavenly beings. Now, go back to verse 9 and give us NLT, please. Verse 10. It says, our dedication to Christ does what? Makes us look like nothing. Paul here is saying, our dedication to Christ, our commitment to this agenda Christ is an agenda, sir. Praise the Lord. My commitment to him can make me. It's not everybody that is going to be sentenced to this, but uh, Peter tells, arm yourself with this mindset. It's an arm you need to arm yourself with. Because if you don't have it, you lose it completely. It doesn't mean that every time in the office you stand up for Jesus, what will come is double promotion. It doesn't mean as a lady, every time you say no to that, you know, stupid young man, then the next thing is marriage comes next week. No, it it may not happen like that. But provided you're doing what you're doing for Christ's sake, your level, your rank is going up in the spirit. And that is what the kingdom is about. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Listen, brothers and sisters, we started up talking about fire. Why is this very important? Because, you see, if you don't get this understanding, you will burn out. You will struggle with your Christianity. Because you're going to look to the left and look to the right. And like the enemy, what do I have to show? I have served the Lord for 13 years. What do I have to show? I've been singing in the choir for, I've not missed choir practice. What do I have to show? I've been doing this. Hey, once that comes, it is the devil. And then while you're thinking about some other person will come and start showing him, the Lord has blessed me. Hallelujah. You know, he will show you all the things, the paraphernalia of the man whom God has blessed. But the thing that you and I must not miss is that when we got into this kingdom, we got into Christ. So I'm not apart from him. So if I go through difficulties, I'm not going alone. There are statements in the Bible that are categorical. You know one of them? He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. There are statements in the Bible that are, come see, come sir. Okay? The child of God must listen for the heart of Jesus. And then you must look. The Bible says the things which were written were written for what? Our examples, our admonition. The Bible says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish. The Bible says about this um, Hebrews uh, 12, those who have gone ahead of us. The cloud of witnesses. You must look at them. These are the people I'm following after. Praise the Lord. So a sister or a brother in the church who is serving the Lord faithfully under this dispensation. And you want to look and know whether you should be discouraged. Why don't you consider the man Paul? Praise the Lord. Leave the man that is telling you that the moment he began to serve God, God blessed him with three private jets. He has not made heaven. You don't know where he's going. But he said, this cloud of witnesses, they are the ones that have run this race and had well done. Look at them. I've said it here and you know, you, you can, I don't plan to say, but you can hate me for all. You can love me. 
But marriage was never a testimony in the New Testament. You know why I say these things? In fact, let, let me confess. The reason I say them is out of a burden. Because if I were in the place of God, the moment you get to what age is the preferred age to marry? 20 guinea? 25? Or some people might want to just enjoy their liberty till 30. Okay? The moment you get to that age, I'll just, an anointing. You just see the man. He will just fly and land. I join you. And then in, by 32 years, either by twins or triplets, you are finished. Now, can you tell me, man of God, that, you know, deceives a lot of people, that God loves the one who got married at 25 more than he loves the one that is not married at 40? Which scripture can you use to show me that? In Christ, every one of them are to be a witness. The truth is this, when God gives you a husband or wife, it becomes a responsibility. It becomes an extra ministry. It becomes something that you must serve Christ with. The person who doesn't have, like Paul said, he honors God in his hunger. He honors God in his poor clothing. He honors God. Me that I'm clothed, I must work extra hard so that the glory you see me is not my clothes, but remains Christ. The moment people look at you and they don't see Christ, you're in trouble, oh. For Christ's sake. Now, talking about burnout is this now. So, if you get truly born again, let me tell you what happened. That person, on a certain day in his life, realized that everything in this world was made for Christ. God the Father has committed all things to his hands. Not only did he commit it, he was even made by him. So, he's not just a receiver. And then, we know that the Bible says, the soul that sinneth must what? So, I know that... What is hanging on my head is what? Judgment of death. Praise the Lord. Now I hear a message. And they tell me that somebody. Not just any kind of person. God himself. Sent his son Jesus. And he came into this world that he created. And suffered and died. And took the penalty for my sin. I hear that message. So that is why he was crucified. The message doesn't stop there. And they said to me. Better still you know what happened. On the third day, God raised him again. So that he just didn't pay your death. He also became your life. So in him, you have received the power of an endless life. From the kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of his son. So now all of a sudden, I can become one with the creator of the universe. Not just that he created it. With the manager, with the judge of the whole earth. With the one who is coming again. With the one who on that day is going to determine who lives or who dies. He has decided to call me his own. So I now belong to Jesus. That's salvation. So I become born again. Praise God. Now, in that being born again, I realize that I can pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And things will happen. Miracles will happen. Doors will open. Visa will be given. I have a testimony on visa. Should I share with you? I still love the America. I think God was jealous about that love. So, I went for American visa. I went before I got married. They refused me. I said, okay, it's because I'm not married. When I got married and I had more money, I packaged everything. You know, with letter from my organization, everything. When I, with picture of my son, my wedding, everything. I just pushed it to them and was waiting for them to say, welcome to America. The man, the young man there looked at me and said, I don't believe you. And brothers and sisters, I tell you the truth. There was no lie in my application. And then I had even invested money in America. I had shares in corporations in America. That's how I planned this thing. So I was so sure they would give me the visa. The man said, I don't believe you. What else am I going to say? He gave me my passport, gave me everything. But something strange happened. 
As I left, there was a joy that filled my heart. And then I made a statement. I said, America, you are going to give me visa in my house. I will not go to your embassy again. I'm telling you, this is 19, sometime 1995. I will not go to you for visa. You will bring me visa in my house. Brethren, in 1998, I was in my house in my time. They didn't just bring me visa. They brought for my wife and I. My wife had never applied for American visa. She never filled the form. I just dropped the two passports in my office. They took it, put visa and brought to us in the house. You know why? There is nothing God cannot do. I just want you to understand. When we make these things big deal, what is it? We are talking about Jehovah El Shaddai. We are talking about the mighty God. God can do whatever, but that is not the issue. I made that statement from nowhere. I said, these people, I tell you the truth, you say it's a lie. You will give me visa in my house. I don't know if it had ever happened, but I said it. I told my wife, I told people. How it happened, I don't know the part A, part B, part C, but it happened. My first visit to America was government picking. Do you understand? The state we went to was Las Vegas. The hotel we stayed in was um, the Mirage. I had money to spend. Do you understand? I was received by American delegation. Look at me now. From begging, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. When God did it, he did it with glory. What I want you to know is this. Keep your mind at rest. Chukwe Buka, our God is being. Don't mind people who merchandise the gospel. That's not why you became a Christian. Not for visa. Not for marriage. I got married before I we got born again. So how can that be the sum total of your Christianity? Is somebody getting what I'm talking about? There are deals in this thing. So the Christian understands that everything is because of Christ. So I have peace with God because of Christ. Praise the Lord. I have forgiveness because of Christ. I have a future because of Christ. I have a family because of Christ. I have power in the place of prayer because of Christ. I have healing because of Christ. I have all these things because of Christ. So what has happened is that automatically, the moment I became a Christian, how many of us understand a bit of accounting here? A credit was made into my account. And that credit started overflowing in my account. Is somebody getting me? He says, surely what? Goodness and mercy. So the, when the credit hit the account of the Christian, the account started overflowing. You know what, know what happens then? When the Christian wakes up and that experience is genuine, that Christian will begin to say things out of the flow of what has filled him. So if he used to steal, he will steal no more. If he used to lie, he will lie no more. If he used to be unforgiving, he will become forgiving. How can you not forgive? When you have been so forgiving. How can you not love when you have been so loved? So when you see people struggling with things. Check their credit. The credit has not entered. When the credit hits one. You can't hold it. I get it what I'm saying. So for Christ's sake. Now that is supposed to be the origin of the fire you carry. So the fire of the believer is a fire come from heaven. So the apostles, when they remember Christ and what he did for them, the songwriter says, he did it all for me. So if he did all of that for me, he says, judge us, if one died for all, then what? All died. So that what will happen? Now, if he died for me, and now he's living to make intercessions for me, what's my qualms? I should wake up every day doing Jesus. Praise the Lord. And if along the line, I get ignored, I rejoice. They beat the disciples. They went back and said, oh boy, glory to God. 
You know, we have been identified with Christ. You know the way they beat our master, they beat us. But they, you know, even reach the one way they beat her. But anyway, hallelujah. They didn't beat them because they were thieves. They didn't beat them because they broke the light. They didn't beat them. They just beat them because they were identified with Christ. And they were happy. That is a Christian. We don't have Christians, many Christians around now, no. We have many people who are applying the principles of God. But they're not doing things for Christ's sake. For you to be a Christian, the inspiration, the fire. Nadab and Abihu were walking. They knew how to put the fire. They were sent to put the fire. The only difference was on that day, the fire they brought was not the original fire. They knew the rounds. And the Bible says God killed them instantly. Today, God is not killing anybody. Why? Because Jesus is making intercessions that people will come to the knowledge of the truth. A lot of people are 10 years, 20 years in the church. They have no, Christ has no business with them. If you go to their homes, there is no Christ like anything there. If you go to their offices, there is nothing like Christ there. If you listen to their conversations, there is nothing like Christ there. How can you say you're a Christian and you tell me I'm a Christian because I get things that I want, because I get the money, because I get the children, because I get the contract, Contract. Is that what makes you a Christian? Don't go take guess the money. Don't go take guess the contract. Was, is it Elizabeth Taylor that married seven husbands? It, yeah, Elizabeth Taylor. And I don't think she was, uh, she was full of the Holy Ghost. So you're struggling for one. And you think that is what the anointing should do. So every, you go to meetings because you suspect that in this meeting I will catch one husband. Hey, go and ask Elizabeth Taylor now. She can tell you secret of at least one. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? In Christ, you realize, you wake up every morning, child of God, and reflect on the goodness of God. That goodness is not Naira and Kobo. It comes with it, praise the Lord. But when it doesn't come with it, it doesn't make you. Look at the Apostle Paul. Read Peter. How many of them told you that I have an estate in uh, Philippi? I have terrace building in Galatia. What I have in Jerusalem is a uh, condo. Praise, join me to praise the Lord. Did any of them say that? Is their letters already know? And those who claim that the Christian can live anyhow. How many times do you see Peter coming to fellowship? Say, brethren, just join me. You know what? I just fell. I just committed adultery. But anyway, you know the mercy of the Lord is great. Just uh, I'm forgiven. I mean, what, what are people talking about? For Christ's sake, what he has done for me, it will push you. If it has really been done for you, it will push you. When you sit down and consider and you know, during the praise and worship, the Lord said, just to ask you, assuming now as a Nigerian, praise the Lord, you know somebody in this nation who is the next president of Nigeria. And you have access to him. But now he's poor. He lives in Guagua Karimu. What will you be doing every day? All of a sudden, you book perpetual Uber. Every morning, drop me at Guagua. Come in the night and pick me. I just want to fellowship with you. Isn't that what you would do? Jesus is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the firstborn from among the dead. He's the mighty God. You need to know Jesus. You need to know who you have. You cannot have Jesus and be... Listen, be a houseboy, but carry the honor of Jesus on your head. Wash the feet of yoga. You know, you read the Bible. The Bible didn't say to the houseboys to pray to become ogres. For those who don't like me, just read your Bible. It didn't say to the employees to overtake. You go there tell you, you're the head, you're the head. How many of them became heads? They said if you're a servant, he says, serve that man as unto the Lord. Eh? In the Bible. You know why? Because as a servant, you can honor Christ. And you belong to a kingdom. 
The movie stars we have in the world now, when they go to give them a role, did they say the only role I can take in this movie is king? Sometimes some of them take roles as what? Prisoners, isn't it? What does it matter? At the end, pay them 100 million. The king in that movie might be paid 50,000 because the movie is for two hours. The life is for years. Now we're talking about time and eternity. Let's rise on our feet. For Christ's sake. I want you to pray. First of all, I I want you to thank God. If you're a believer here. I want you to thank God for the blessedness. He said he has blessed you and I with every spiritual blessing. He's not about to bless. He has blessed us. That is fire. This is what makes men stand up. This is what makes men go to the ends of the earth. This is what made people leave the western world. And come to Africa and be killed by malaria and be killed by savages to bring the gospel. Why? Because they said, what I received, I can't keep it down. I cannot keep this fire down. When they thought about the goodness of the Lord, when they talk about the mercy of the Lord, that God will count me worthy to be his child. That my name can be written in the book of life. That my sins can be wiped. That I can turn back and my sins are not pursuing me. They said, I will serve this God. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.